she's dead. Probably not gone. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And god damn it, these Children of the Corn movies, turns out they're not good. Um, you know what? We had some fun at the beginning. We did, um, but the fun is over. It o- only is time for pain now yeah. and not complete sentences. Um, but, <laughs> no, but sentence fragments from here on out. Yeah, but before we review Children of the Corn Revelation, let's do a 10-word review of a movie we watched since last time. Does that sound fun? That sounds like so much fun. Okay. Uh, and that movie is Kate and Leopold. Okay, so I'm looking for my thing, and I found it. That's my th- By my thing, I mean my paper where I have my <laughs> review. Yes. Um, so Kate and Leopold. Hugh Jackman delights in this almost period piece, almost movie. <laughs> And my review is, ah, yes, the 1800s, a great time for women. That's so true. I have read a number of works uh, set in the 1800s by 1800s authors, and let me tell you. For 1800s by 1800s. (laughs) These women were having a jolly old time, what with tuberculosis and dying from childbirth. Um, It's a great time for women. I mean, it sounds better than having kids, TBH. It's God's gift, really, to save you from having to raise your kids <laughs> yes. that you brought into this world. He just is like, come join me in the <laughs> land of eternity. Uh, okay. Um, so you can find full reviews of all of our current movies that we watched on our Patreon, including A Simple Favor, The Predator, other things, like A Star is Born, um, at uh, patreon.com slash scream101. Check that out. It's, yeah, and we have multiple subscribers now. And we you could be one of those multiple yeah, you can isn't add much, to the the many the minions. It, did you say the minions? Yes. Okay. And who doesn't love the minions? Have you ever been in Jurassic to, to Universal Studios? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the best ride that they offer at that place next to Jurassic Park. Well, the Jurassic Park ride is over and gone, so the minion ride has now supplanted it. Well, no, it's Jurassic World now, isn't it? Well, nobody wants that. Who wanted that? Who asked for this? Oh, I'm trying to stay relevant, I guess. To who? The kids of to, today. To box office, I guess. But, like, Jurassic Park, still still raining it in. That didn't make sense. So we're here to talk about, can I call it a movie? No, I, I, I no, shan't. You I refuse. We're here to talk about the sequel. That's as high as a, as a title it's that it It's not even a sequel to Children of the Corn. There's, it's, 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 it's not as separate from the franchise as Children of the Corn 4 with Naomi Watts was. No. Um, because he who walks behind the rose gets a passing reference from Michael Ironside, mm-hmm. who in turn gets a passing role in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, here's the plot of Children of the Corn Revelation from 2001. After her grandmother vanishes, young Jamie Claudette Mink, deci- what a name, decides to, <laughs> <laughs> decides to stay in the elderly woman's apartment in Nebraska in order to look for her. Omaha, by the way, not Gatlin. Um, unfortunately, all Jamie finds is a slew of sketchy neighbors and a large cornfield outside the window frequented by a bunch of creepy kids. As Jamie continues to look for her grandmother, not very well, um, the adults around her start to disappear. The children become more threatening and things take a supernatural turn as an evil spirit arises from the fields. 
This has been Television of the Corn Revelation. What was the biggest revelation you had while watching this movie? Um, that I'm an idiot for making us do this. I've made such poor decisions in my life that led us down owe, this path. I think you owe Winner's Bone an apology. Because it's a better movie than this? Yes. Okay. I'm still not a big fan of Winner's Bone, but it's obviously miles superior to Children of the Corn Revelation. So I want to hear you say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. To say you're sorry to Winner's Bone. I'm sorry, Winner's Bone. Thank you. I I accept this apology okay. on behalf of the makers sure. of Winner's Bone. I, I don't know why this is relevant right now. Um, but as always, we rate our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. Um, what's your scariness score for Children of the Corn Revelation? I'm being really generous when I say this. One. And I give it a two. Okay. <laughs> I actually toyed with that idea as well. Um, of being generous? Of yes, being gen? Of being generous. But I get, and I landed on a one. But what, what would have, what pushed you towards that two at all? I mean, the kill scenes were kind of scary in that they were, they were meant to be scary. And um, that they were attempting to be a horror movie. Yeah. So I'm just giving them credit for trying. Yeah. Unlike uh, every other scene in the movie. Uh huh. And the kids popping up in random places was frightening. It's like imagine you're opening up your closet and you see a child there, and you're like, "Child, it's 2018. You don't need to be in this closet anymore. Come out." Yeah, it's and National Coming Out Day this past Thursday. Yes, <laughs> join us in the light. Um, no, but you're you're frightened because there's a child where they shouldn't be. Uh, so that was f- scary, I guess. Um, yeah, and there there was a great scene where these two unspeaking creepy kids were staring at our main girl as she got in an elevator. Claudette Mink. Yeah, sure. I would. I, you know what? That's my new stripper name. What a name. A great name. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a stripper in this movie. There was, and she was great. And we, for some reason, there, I mean, there wasn't an, an obligatory horror movie nude scene uh, where she takes a bubble bath. But weirdly, she changes. the girls. Yeah, she has like two scenes. In the first one, she changes her clothes, and you do not see her boobs for some reason. And it's like. She's being modest. No, no, but the, look, the thing, look, I'm not trying to be lecherous and like watch this naked lady, but if you're in a movie where the point of the scene is to have a naked lady and you don't show it, and then in the next scene you do, like, what were you doing? Why was she changing in that scene? It's so unmotivated. Making it more impactful when you actually do see them. Oh, yeah, it's just teasing me. Um, okay, so. What happened? Oh, yeah, no, she was in the elevator, and the creepy kids were there, and they ended up in the elevator with her, and she's just really weirded out by these kids staring at her, and she's like, all right. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of into that scene, but I don't know. Um, there's kind of a mystery here. What's the mystery? Like, where'd her grandma go? What happened? Oh, I thought the mystery was, where is the plot? Well, that's the true mystery, mm-hmm. and that's never resolved. That's no. the creepiest, spookiest thing of all. No. Um, but the thing is, the mystery of what happened to her grandmother is solved by a dream. Like, she literally just has a dream in the middle of the movie that tells her exactly what happened, or at least tells us exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. She's too dumb to put two and two together for, you know, maybe the entire movie. Uh But what was the point of any of this? Why did this happen to us? Who did this? Um, you're right. Are we going to talk about the plot now or are we saving that for quality or overall score? Um, let's talk about it now. What, 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 what's your biggest problems with it? This movie had no plot. Like, I mean, I know you already mentioned that. Uh-huh. But there was, we have no idea why we need to care about this grandma. The first two uh-huh. minutes of the movie were the grandma just having a dream. And then she emerges from her building being like, where are you? Is that what she Something said? like that. Uh, she says something. And then 
we cut to like modern day. Well, there's some title credits, and then we cut to modern day where her granddaughter is looking for her, and there really is no agency or reason supplanted as to why we need to care for her. Yeah, and well, we don't know anything about her. She has no interiority. Her entire goal is to find grandma, mm-hmm. but we don't know anything about their relationship. Nope. We don't know anything about her life outside of this creepy apartment. In we Omaha. know she's a writer of some type that loves ellipses, but no, we that's don't it. even know she's a writer. We know she sent an email to someone named Ethan. She had an article due or something. No, she, she did. It was not clear that it was an article. She asked for an extension. I think she had an article due. I think she mentioned it at one point. Uh, maybe I think you just assumed that because you wanted her to be a writer. Uh-huh. Um, because I imagine maybe she was in grad school or something. Oh. Um, but yeah, she sends an email to Ethan with the hilariously inane headline saying, "It's me in Omaha." <laughs> what? <laughs> Who? Look, I know this is 2001, and we didn't know how to email back then. And the answer is don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but who? That's an incoherent thing to write, and I think. That speaks to how this screenplay was written as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we know she knows someone named Ethan, but we don't know who he is or why they're corresponding mm-hmm. or where he. I don't care. Sergio, <laughs> tell me more about the plot of this movie. Um, there is none. That was my biggest problem with the movie. Uh, uh, she's trying to find out who her what happened to her grandmother, and she doesn't really try all that much. She goes to the cops at one point. She asks some neighbors. Like, not even all of them. She has, like, one of them, like, yo, did you know what happens to the woman who lives in this apartment? And that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's all she does. And then, like, 12 days pass, and she's been like, it's been 24 hours. And, like, mm-hmm. wait. It's been night, like, eight times mm-hmm. since last time you talked to this cop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's why I brought up Winner's Bone is because your biggest problem with that – I don't mean to put you on blast, but I am uh, – is that your biggest problem with that movie was that you thought that Ray had no agency and that she just, uh-huh. like, all her problems were solved when she went looking for answers? And, and you let know me what tell happens? you what. Let me tell you okay. what, Brendan. When you go looking for answers, you're going to find them. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just going to say Jennifer Lawrence definitely found an agency after that movie because they got her booked on The Hunger Games. Okay. You made a little joke. Good it for you. It was a great joke. Good for you. Um, but this woman, she never looks for her grandmother besides the cops. <laughs> She goes to the cops once. They're like, look, we've done all we can do. We listen to your problems, lady. That's all we can do. He's like, look deep into my butt chin. There's nothing we can do for you. Uh huh. And then that's it. And then she's like, well, I've done all I can do. I'm just going to sit here in my grandmother's spooky apartment in this abandoned, condemned building and just wait out time. Yeah. And her grandma's apartment, look, is nice Mm -hmm. for a crumbling, moldy old apartment building. Uh huh. But. Why would you sleep in your grandmother's bed? Sleep on the couch. That's gross and weird. Mm-hmm. And what if she shows up in the middle of the night and you, you scare her and give her a heart attack and then she turns into a child like all the dead people do in this? Well, I mean... That's not how this works. It's Well, for just in general, but also... I'm just also, mad that she never looked for her grandmother. She never left the apartment building. She barely quizzed... Sets are expensive, Sergio. She barely quizzed the other tenants. She was like, yo, you know what happened to this woman? She has like one manager and then that's it. Who who do you think was the manager? Because I don't... Wasn't it the stoner? No, it's, there was just... He was on the bottom floor, but I didn't think he was the manager. Oh. Is, do you think the manager was that weird um, shirtless paranoid I think it was guy the who was growing tomatoes in the basement? It was the stoner because she was like, yo, I left... Uh, you, I told you and you said you left messages under her door and that was it. Okay, I think he was just a guy who was answering the phone, but maybe oh. he was the manager. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so... The characters, the resplendent characters in this movie. We get 
I was just very mad. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. That's okay. No, we we meet a a stripper who is actually very nice. I liked her. Um, it's great, but we got two scenes with her. Yeah, one was the died. introduction scene. One was the death scene. Yeah, but she knows how to live because that bubble bath looked glorious. It was like a, a beautiful cityscape, skyscrapers of bubbles. She died as she lived because that's where she died because some seeds got her. Yeah, uh, they put some corn kernels in her bathtub mm-hmm. and then corn drowned her, I guess. Who mm-hmm. cares? I um, think the death scenes were creative. Of that one, name another one that's good. The rest are just falling deaths. Like they push the wheelchair guy down the stairs. We they push the, the stoner guy off the roof. Decapitated uh, grocer. Also, where was that grocery store? This apartment complex seemed to be in the middle of nowhere, even though apparently it was in Omaha, according to her dummy mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. It, we would just see the apartment, and then it would cut to the exterior of this grocery store, and it's like, is this across the street? How far did she take to get here? Ah. Okay. Doesn't matter. This is the least of my concerns right now, Sergio. Mm-hmm. My concern is talking about the characters. Like... The wheelchair man whose only character trait is that he's really angry and shouts expletives any second he's on screen, Mm -hmm. which I kind of loved. Um, I loved how much of an asshole he was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's the shirtless paranoid guy who's really crazy and has guns and grows, I guess, uh, tomatoes out of blood in the basement, I guess. That was a bizarre scene. That didn't go anywhere. No, that didn't. And then it turned into corn, but he wasn't in on it. And he had night vision goggles that let him see the ghosts of the kids. Um, but for some reason, even though he realized this, he kept taking them off. Mm-hmm. I hate this is bad. Okay. What's your campiness score? My campiness score for this movie is a three. Okay. I'm going to give it a two, I think. But I, I can see where you're going with this. Um, it was camping that a lot of the movie I felt was like a joke. Um, <laughs> yep. I don't know. It just felt like it was all kind of not really going anywhere and so this movie really either intentionally or unintentionally it was just fun to make fun of no it definitely it was that but this is definitely the movie they play in purgatory because you could just put it on a loop and you would never notice because the plot goes in no direction at Mm -hmm. any point Mm -hmm. you could look if you took each scene individually and scattered them on the like put them in a in a yahtzee cup and shook them around and just scattered them on the table and played them in that order it would still make sense as Mm -hmm. a movie because Mm -hmm. nothing's connected to anything yeah Uh, you uh, could yeah you're right you could get the death scene to the stripper before you get to the introduction to the stripper and it would make perfect sense honestly it's so frustrating um what are things that i like i I liked um the creepy kids the creepy kids were all right. I did like the one kid who kept saying, kill. And for some reason, our... That was her grandmother. Yes, it was. Um, and she's like, I tried to warn you, honey. And it's like, you did When? Um, but yeah, so she was like, kill. And for some reason, Jesse, who is dumb as a bag of rocks, thinks that means she wants to play a video game. So I her name was Claudette. Claudette Mink is the actress's name. Okay, continue. So... Like earlier in the convenience store, she hands the girl a quarter to play House of the Dead, also adapted into a unpopular film by Uwe Boll. Ooh, um, yes. Is that next on our watch list? Absolutely not. Um, no, you would not want that. I, I don't want that for you. I don't want you to bear that grudge against me. Um, but yes, and then t- later she says kill, and she's like, "Oh, you want a game?" I was like, "This has never been what this meant." Mm-hmm. Clearly, these children are evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but she hands her a little Palm Pilot. 
which is great, and also a tie-in with Kate and Leopold, another movie that came out in 2001 and is obsessed with Palm Pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's playing this little game, but then she's also helping the little boy lead Jesse like down the stairs to her doom or whatever. But she's just playing on a Palm Pilot and intermittently like look, looking up and shoving Jesse <laughs> just for sport. I loved it. Yeah, well, I like to pretend that that was the grandmother channeling her future anger. Like, this is because you didn't call me. Oh, yeah. There you go. You could have saved me. Now I'm trapped forever in this purgatory in the body of a child. Well, why did she go there in the first place? It's the site of where her evil cult was burned down back in the day. Maybe she went for good. You ever think about that? Maybe she went to do the Lord's work. She had a Bible by her nightstand. She did. She was ready to praise the Lord in every single way that she knew how. Okay. Um, I also like when the cop thinks that he sees a patch of blood in the grandma's apartment. He then licks it, and he's like, nope. That was so disgusting. Yeah, look, I feel like I've seen scenes like that in movies before where people, like, lick evidence. But it's like, he straight up thought it was blood. And he's like, I'm just going to put this in ye old test tube, uh-huh. the mouth. Yeah. Look, I'm someone who is no stranger to disgusting. I burped on this podcast. I've said many a gross thing. I've stood by and let Brennan um, lust after children. Not uh, children. 25-year-olds posing as children. Um, whatever. Uh, and the hottest person in this movie is clearly like 46, so you're welcome. Okay. Um, uh, I was going to ask you about that. Like, Brennan, what was your child hotness barometer of this movie? No, these um, children were all children, and they were all terrible, and they were barely in the movie. So, mm-hmm. so, so like, I am no stranger to disgusting. Uh, but let me tell you what, that scene where he licked the wall was disgusting. No, no he, he put his finger on the wall and then he licked his finger. He didn't like... It's he, the same difference. It wasn't like Willy Wonka where he was licking the wallpaper because it tastes like snozzberries. It's the same difference. He ended up licking something that was on a wall. True. Whether it was transferred by his tongue directly or he used a middleman, his finger, it still ended up him licking the wall. And that's so gross. By the transitive do you know many, property. Do you know how many boogers I put on a wall? So many. Not in this apartment, I hope. Well, that's a question for another day. <laughs> okay, um, what else is going on? Oh, I did like... Um, look, the, the cop character is a very half-assed romantic interest for Jesse. Like, so ha- it's like quarter-assed. There is not an ass to be found here. Um, we never get a good look at his butt, so we will, nev- we will never know. Uh, alas. Um, but the thing is... The thing is... The um, thing is the blob. No, the thing is the <laughs> thing... I tried to make a joke. Go ahead. Okay. So um, when the cop first meets her, she's like picking at the styrofoam cup of coffee. Oh, I licked my microphone. Gross. I'm not the cop. I wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. on purpose. Um, But yes, she has her cup of coffee and she's like picking at the styrofoam like both of us used to do as kids. Except did you bite into the styrofoam? Because I totally did that. I totally did that just to see like my bite marks. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, So yeah, she's picking at it. And then the next time she comes in, he hands her a cup of coffee with, like, the edges picked at it. And he's like, just the way you like. And I thought that was kind of fun. That's cute. That's very rom-commy. Yeah, it was a cute little detail that didn't need to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, I hated... His butt chin? Just the romance. Or just his in-character in general. Um, Because he's supposed to serve as the love interest and I guess the um, Lothario, not Lothario, but the man who saves her. Uh And it just feels so random because during the whole like houses, like everything's going to shit. She's about to be converted to a child by these children. I guess. Um, Or they're trying to eliminate the timeline because she's the daughter of someone who survived the cult and she was never supposed to exist. mm -hmm. Uh, 
he shows up randomly to save her, and I'm like, "What gives? Like, why? Like, this was not supposed to happen." Or I'm just doing my job, ma'am. There was no setup, is what I'm saying. And he was there, and it easily could have been. I feel like it easily could have been that he was added in post just to make sense of the movie, just to add the Deus Ex Machina for this movie. Wow! If he if he was here to make sense of this movie, he failed in his job. Um, what's your effects score? Three. All right. I'm giving it a two because there was nothing as impressive as even the face split in half death from the previous one. Well, lots of CGI, though. Is that good, though? It's, and it was just CGI it was corn. This is an effect. Why not just get corn? They're like CGI corn sprouts. What about the when the, the, the vines killed the woman in the bathtub? That was pretty cool. It was it was hard to see. Like It, it was kind of um, muddled and difficult to tell what was actually happening. I didn't really respond to anything in this movie as much i mean there weren't that many effects exactly so two out of five okay yeah fine i was just being generous yeah i thought that the cgi was cool i was impressed by i was impressed that they had cgi yeah cgi that looks like anything that resembles anything real Mm -hmm. and there were spooky cgi kids faces in the smoke at the end that Mm -hmm. was kind of fun it looked like they were singing the choral song on the soundtrack the choral song like the choir song oh okay like, it's not like a Little Mermaid thing or anything. <laughs> I was like, when did they sing under the sea? <laughs> um, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, the biggest effect was the vines that came out of the just beans that the child dropped in the bathtub. They were kernels of corn. Uh, whatever. It was, it's not like Jack and the Beanstalk. Seeds. Uh, uh, and what are, what are the scenes? The head, the headless head. The headless head. Uh, the oh, yeah, bodiless the, head. The severed head in the freezer up above the milk. Mm-hmm. There's no crying over spilled milk, but apparently there is a bleeding from the neck on top of milk. Nope, nope. There was also lots of green lights. Yeah, it was um, obviously inspired by the Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Daisy is shook. <laughs> uh, what other effects were there? Uh, Nothing. Nothing happened in this movie. Yeah, you're right. Um, on to overall quality score. One. One? Yeah. Yeah, one. I Look... It's better than 666 Isaac's Return, but not by much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mildly invested in the weird mystery at the beginning because I was like, what is going on? But it turns out the movie was just being weird. And mm-hmm. so there was no like real answer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I was at least briefly into the movie, which is not something I could say for the previous one. But still, mm-hmm. it, it does not deserve any mm-hmm. any credit of any yeah. kind. Yeah. Um, I think that my previous lowest score was probably to another corn four. Um, that or Isaac's revenge. It's uh, definitely Isaac's return or whatever. One of the two was lower than the other. Um, this one is lower than either of them. Really? So you hated this one the most. I hated this one. I think it was well done. Um, I liked the, I think it was a masterpiece, but no, 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 no. Let me finish. Um, I think it was, competently uh, made yes there we go that it had all the like essential components of a good movie except the one thing that is vital which is a story and a plot that pulls everything together that makes uh-huh. you care for the characters there was nothing they gave me any kind of backstory on uh claudette mink's character or her grandmother or her relationship to her grandmother not at or, all or why it was that the kids were doing anything that they were doing we never got any of that no 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 and it, it's it's a movie that introduces an entirely new mythology to the He Who Walks Behind the Rose, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it has 
nothing to do with anything that's established in the previous ones, which again, I'm fine with, but if you're going to introduce something new and weird, you got to you got to set the groundwork. You got to make the rules for how this operates. You got to let us know why all these people who are dying are being reborn as children. It's so dumb. That's not how the cult works. You kill the adults because the kids are the future. Anyway, there are t- there are exactly two gags in this movie that I think would have been like highlights of like a sillier um movie that kind of embraced the camp of its premise a little more. Mm-hmm. There's two kids playing patty cake with a severed hand. Which that, I, was, that was fun. Ugh. Go ahead. And and then there's a little girl doing hopscotch on a pentagram. And both of those I think were really fun things that embrace like creepy child things in a way that none of the other movies have. Mm-hmm. And if the movie really went full bore into that, I would have honestly really liked it. Um, but instead, we spent a lot of time with useless adults with no characterization whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, I don't mean to anger Matt, which is going to happen when I continue this sentence. But whatever happened to the weird preacher character? Well, you think Matt cares about the preacher? No, I think Matt cares that I don't know specifically what happened because I was probably tuned out. Oh, oh, I see. Um, no, the, it was that was um, there was a preacher character played by Michael Ironside, who mm-hmm. is this film's uh, resident name slash face you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. He was in Scanners for mm-hmm. those who don't know. Um, so he was a creepy preacher who I assumed was also a ghost, but then it turned out he wasn't. Um, and then he showed up and he told Jesse like, "Oh, your grandma's dead, I guess." And then he left. He it, it made no sense. Um, no, that that's what happened. He just randomly vanished from the movie after the one scene where he talks, and he wasn't a ghost or creepy. He just somehow knew what was going on and then didn't help. Was he the big child in the end? Oh. No? I don't think so. Maybe. Oh, I felt like cause he disappeared from the movie, and then that big child appeared out of nowhere. I mean, maybe it was. And so it was him all along, and I was like, oh, I must have missed the transformation scene. Maybe I when- missed it, too. I think the movie missed it. Uh-huh. It's in the deleted scene section. Um, yeah. So he went nowhere. Uh, I just was going to mention that I thought the effect scene was cool where he was appearing in fog like he was some concert diva. That's not even effects. That's a Bonnie Tyler music video. <laughs> By the way, today I was singing uh, Total Clips from the Heart because it was playing on the radio. Uh-huh. Good reason. With my mother because we were uh, – oh, and my father because he was there too. Because uh, we were having lunch together. Uh-huh. And my mother said, you think you can sing? Really? Yeah. And so now you know why I'm as mean as I am, Brendan. Um, uh-huh. I grew up in a house of broken dreams. Well, you do think you can sing, and it's not true. Total eclipse of <laughs> Let me know, podcast fans, who's the better singer, me or Brennan? Me. How dare? How dare you? You would not know a pitch if it pitched a baseball at your face i feel like between you and me i know sports a little bit better than you yeah you can have that i know singing better than you but you mentioned baseball in that so i feel like i would win that one okay okay have fun with that yeah just revel in that i do not care about sports i Um, love fuzzy no gritty i love gritty oh the the nhl player not player mascot Uh who threatened a bird he threatened a penguin. Look it up. <laughs> anyway, so um, this movie is bad. It's bad, but we had fun describing it. It gave us like a 
rich conversation in which we trashed it. Yeah, it did. So, so does that mean you're not mad at me for making you watch it? Um, I'm not mad because I'm one step closer to finishing. We really we're we're seventy percent through now. There's only three. We're of only seventy percent <laughs> through. It's seven out of ten. Um. So no, I'm not mad. Uh, <laughs> but uh. Continue, Ben. You say something. I think we're gonna wrap up this conversation with our guests. With our guesses as to what happens. We next have a time. guest. No, um, but first here's a, you can get Hello, in contact with the show. What? Okay. He's our guest, uh, a British man, just a man. Okay. Um, He's a fan of you the can governor. find us on Twitter at Scream One Hundred and One Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream One Hundred and One Podcast. Email us at Scream One Hundred and One Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, our theme song is "A Beat for You" by Pseudo Echo. What are we watching next week? Next week, um, that's that's actually an important announcement. Next week is the beginning of November, which is Sergio's finals month. I'm um, writing a lot of God. Well, I'm writing two papers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a lot of papers. No, don't I'll be reading a lot of Don't tell them essays. how much you'll be slacking because we're taking a whole month off. You know what? But, I read a lot of student papers and let me tell you something. Uh-huh. They are great. Yes. If my students are listening, you guys are so talented <laughs> and I truly admire the work that you put in and the effort that you put in into your drafts. Yeah, please um, please reflect this in Sergio's end of semester evaluation. Mm-hmm. Compare him to stand and deliver as much mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, now you guys can kindly just turn off the pod for the next minute. <laughs> um, but some student work is just bad. And I'm just there beating my head across, like on a table being like, come on. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> well, but are the essays better than Children of the Corn Revelation? Why you got to call out my students like that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So, yes. For the next month, uh, we will not be recording, but we will be releasing pre-recorded episodes on 2018 horror films. Mm-hmm. So the one we'll be covering first is Hellfest. Which probably won't be in theaters, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Check it out at the Dalek Theater near mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah, so that's what you can expect next week. But when we when we come back um, in, I guess, December, the next Children of the Corn movie is going to be Children of the Corn 2009, a TV movie remake made for the Sci-Fi Channel. What do you think that's going to be all about? Children of the Corn 9? Yeah. Or, um, no, Children of the Corn, it's, technically, it's the eighth one. But it's from 2009. Oh. It, it's just also called Judgment of the Corn, so you got to be mm-hmm. specified. Um, I think it's going to be bad. Well, uh, that's an easy assumption to make, yeah, probably. Yeah, anything that's, you know, not to be rude, anything that's remade by the sci-fi channel is not going to be great. Um, however, the miniseries that was launched by A&E, you know, the Psycho miniseries, uh, you know, the Bates Motel. Oh, that was just a series, but yes. Uh, whatever fine um semantics over here um just truth. Uh, it was pretty good so maybe it'll be good what does that have to do with this though it's a different network and a different property i'm just saying like, maybe it'll be good you're if, saying a tv show has been good so maybe this one's good yes a remake well as a prequel a pre- <laughs> a prequel a series that was pre- like made by a tv show was good so maybe this one will be good too Sure. Have you ever seen Bates Motel? I saw like half of the first season. Okay. I would have continued to watch it, but I was never home at that hour. Fair enough. Um, Continuously. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So do you think we're going to see like a, 
Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton, like those characters returning or just like a new story that's just resetting the universe? Um, I think it'll be a very similar story. There might be some like, you know, uh, late 2000s elements in there. Like there might be a Lady Gaga oh, yeah. song. <laughs> uh, but otherwise... Like just dance plays on the radio. <laughs> and then uh, the preacher's like, no room for Lady Gaga's meat dress. Uh, and that's about as much uh, change as I think you're going to get. None of the remakes have ever really done anything like revolutionarily new. Uh-huh. You might see some, not to be rude, but some forced diversity in there. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, um, I think we might see a little bit more of like torture porny kills. It's sci-fi. You're not going to get that. Okay. Well, I mean like maybe not like super gross, but like a little more drawn out. You might see some gore, some like really like PG-13 gore, mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise no. I don't know. We'll We'll find out. We'll see. Maybe we'll love it. I hope we do. Because I have, against all odds, loved some of these movies. And I want to reclaim that love. Yeah. This just this last stretch has been really a decline. Yeah. Shockingly, the, way... the seventh children of the corn film. Not great. It's gone the way of the stock market these past the two S-T-A-L-K days. The S-T-A-L-K market. Corn. Get it? Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Thank I got to say. Um, but you don't much... think it was too corny? <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm done. There's no point in me even trying to reference the Dow Jones Industrial Average at this point because Brennan has just killed it. Yeah, that joke would have been a real good. would have been a barn burner. Whatever. Maybe our our, our listeners are investors. Okay. They so investments. Yeah, they're like, oh, Sergio from a couple of weeks ago told me that I should invest in tech stocks. I don't know. Those are always doing well, right? No, they're actually down. Oh, no. They're actually responsible for the... Well, not... This past day, because the past day is actually up. But the day before that, it was down Uh-oh. for a second day. Um, you know what will get the stock market back up? Low interest rates? No, that really cute stockbroker from that picture that you showed me. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll get anyone up, including Dow Jones. I don't care what sexuality or gender representation Dow Jones is. Dow, I don't know what, what that name means, like whether it's a you know traditionally male or female name. Mm-hmm. But... However, Dow identifies that dude will get him up. That's a really graphic description. Uh, Thank and you. I don't know what you mean by get him up. We ended this podcast like five minutes ago, and yet we're still talking. We got to end this now. Good luck on your journey, everybody, and stay gold. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey everyone, welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and then proceed to analyze the two. Why did you pick these two movies? Because both sequels reference and parody the original. They're both werewolf movies. And both of the main characters feature disabilities. I wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots. I liked the theme of misunderstood monsters. Fair warning, there will be spoilers. I'm Justin. And I'm Brandon. You can subscribe to us on CastBox and iTunes. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.